The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. I'm going solo today because we have a special guest in uh, today's recording today's show with us who's going to talk a little bit about his topic. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but as first, we usually talk about current events, and this past week, uh, we saw the path of a hurricane really do damage on uh, southeast United States, and that's where the topic lies to insurance. Uh, there is risk that's out there, and the insurance industry provides a way to mitigate that risk. Um, if you have homeowners, car, health, umbrella, uh, you name it, disability, insure it properly, focus on that. Don't don't just say it's not going to happen to us uh, because it can. So today's topic is actually on that. We're going to talk about health insurance. And joining me today is Mike Gatteri with Health Markets. Mike, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How are you? Good. Well, give the list, listeners a little background about yourself. Yeah. So I, I've been with Health Markets now for 21 years. Uh, so back in 2001, actually September of 2001 was when I started my career. So fresh out of college, I decided to get into the insurance industry and. Uh, you know, a couple moves later, uh, but still with health markets after this time, uh, you know, I, I've seen the industry evolved. I've seen the industry adapt and uh, still excited as ever to help people uh, in their endeavors of financial uh, freedom. Right. The older we get, the more we see and experience. And there's been a lot of changes just in the health insurance industry over the last 20 years from the Affordable Care Act to now what we're going to get into is the Inflation Reduction Act. There's been changes, but this is your uh, busy time of year, right? Because the window starts to open. Is that correct? Yeah, October 1 through December 15th is is definitely a, a very busy time for us. We do about 55% of our business in that 10-week period. Uh, so, you know, people talk about how the, how busy the accountants get during tax time. We are, we are just as busy, if not more so, in our industry because it's open enrollment for Obamacare. It's open enrollment for Medicare. It's open enrollment for most small businesses. So pretty much everyone is reviewing their insurance benefits in the fourth quarter, which means that I have to touch pretty much every customer in that 10-week period. And and you, you prepare for this by going to, uh, I say the word seminar, but an education-based uh, uh conference, right? Yeah, there's a litany of certifications and classes and renewals, Uh, you know, certainly anything involving the government, they want to make sure that you're on top of it. So there's a lot of certifications that have to come from a a class standpoint. Uh, And then of course, the carriers themselves all want to be as competitive as possible. So they all have new products and they want to update. And so we we go through a number of different seminars to learn about what the new products will be, what the new uh, rates will be, who the new, uh, you know, providers will be for their products. So we spend pretty Pretty much all of August and September learning about the products that we'll be unveiling here in October, November, and December. 
Okay, great. And and again, for the listeners out there, how this relates to your financial plan, um, generally for the people who get covered through their employer, it's open enrollment, right? That's when they need to revisit the coverage. Yeah, most most open uh, most employer plans have their renewals in the November time period. Okay, uh, and then those who are on Medicare age sixty five and older, this window opens now. Correct. The, 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 the Medicare open enrollment window is October one through December seven. And then the Obamacare enrollment window is November 1 through December 15. Great. And we're going to dig into what those are uh, for all the listeners out there. So I think the the big thing that you, you mentioned to me was the changes due to the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, what are the big changes that, that consumers can see? So the first thing I want to make sure that everyone's aware of is that it is a phased-in bill. Uh, so there's things that are happening this year, things that are happening next year, and things that are even going on into 2025 and beyond. Uh, so the ones that are most important to be aware of for this year, there, there's really two components. The first is going to be in regards to vaccines. Uh, so, you know, for our seniors, getting the shingle shot uh, has been something where it has been out of pocket with a lot of plans. Uh, but whether it's the shingle shot, whether it's the COVID shot, any of your vaccines will be covered 100% now through any Medicare plan part of, as part of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, so that's certainly going to save people a lot of money, save people a lot of headaches, because, you know, when in the past when your uh, physicals and, and things like that have been covered, but then the immunization wasn't, uh, that was always a, a point of confusion as to why is the physical covered but not the immunization. Interesting. So this okay. year the immunizations will be covered as well. The other one, which will be uh, very important for people who it impacts, will be uh, in regards to insulins. Uh, all insulins will be capped at no more than $35 this year. Uh, they will not be subject to the Medicare Part D donut hole. They will not be cu- uh, subject to the Medicare Part D deductible. And so with some of these insulins being three, four, five dollars $500 a month, with them now being capped at $35 uh, at most, uh, some situations will be less. That is something that will save a lot of our insulin-dependent diabetics thousands upon thousands of dollars per year. Yeah, and that's just on the Medicare program. Correct. Has there been any adjustments there for people who are not on Medicare there's, in regards to insulin? There's talks of that, but nothing officially out there uh, that, that we can speak to yet. Okay. All right. Great. Um, any other changes that, that – or is that pretty much it, the broad, broader? For 2023, those are going to be the changes. Um, there's definitely going to be some things that will uh, happen in 2024 and 2025. And so I'll talk to that briefly, but certainly don't want to you know, guarantee it's going to happen. And the reason why I say that is the government has in the past said that things were going to change with and Medicare and ultimately did government. Exactly. Yes. Okay, great. And we're going to dig in a little bit later in the show on, on Medicare and all the parts. You mentioned Part D, which is the prescription drug program. So we'll get into that later in the show as well. Um, going back now here to um, the Affordable Care Act, um, any updates there or changes to the Affordable Care Act? So more on a, on a local basis, we're seeing some uh, some changes. Uh, you know, one of the carriers uh, here in the central Ohio area, Anthem, uh, is going to be adding uh, the Ohio Health Network to their plans. Uh, and, you know, one of the big drawbacks that we have found here in Ohio is that all of the plans are HMOs. And all of the plans have till up up until this point been single networked HMOs. So if you wanted Ohio Health, you had to do everything through Ohio Health. If you wanted OSU, you could only go to OSU. And so Anthem is the first company this year that's going to be venturing out, and they're going to have a Mount Carmel and an Ohio Health network. So they're, they're going to have two networks for people to choose from. So that, that's one of the biggest changes locally. 
uh, you know, the, the other change that well, I shouldn't really say it's a change, but one thing that uh, it was impacted with Obamacare uh, through the in- Inflation Reduction Act was they did extend the subsidies. Uh, so back two years ago when COVID hit, uh, the, the government expanded subsidies from 400 percent of the federal poverty level to 600 percent of the federal poverty level. Uh, those I- expansions were set to expire this year, and Congress did extend those as part of the Inflation Reduction Act. So at least for the next two years, we'll be able to see those expanded subsidies, which definitely plays a, a big factor for people who qualify for them. All right. So let's go into that subsidy uh, because you get, I get a lot of questions about that. So it's based on your income. Yep. Right, so when you look at your adjusted gross income or modified adjusted modified gross adjusted so gross MAGI, income, MAGI, modified adjusted gross income, and then if your income is at a certain level, you will receive a subsidy, or as some people look at it as a discount on what their premiums would be for their health insurance. Correct. Yeah. Ultimately, that number works out to be 600% of the federal poverty level. So to put it in dollar amounts, a single individual, uh, you know, non-married, no kids, if they make about $65,000, they'll start to get subsidies. The further below that number they are, the more the subsidies will be. Subsequently, a two-person household, about 120000 and they start qualifying. They start qualifying. Correct. Right. Um, thir- uh, Three-person households, about 135 Four-person households, about 150 And again, the further below that scale you are, the more of a subsidy you can get. Yeah, and that, I think that's a good thing to make the, the affordability side, right? And it's, it's run off of your tax return. Absolutely. Play, yeah. plays a huge factor, uh, okay. you know, especially for those larger families. It can mean the difference of a plan being $100 a month or $1,200 a month if they don't get a subsidy. Right. So for the listeners out there, if there's anybody who feel they can't afford health insurance, investigate, do the homework, and, and get that, see if you qualify for the subsidy. So that's really good information. Well, we're coming up on a break here, and when we come back, we're going to keep discussing health insurance, Medicare, everything that you need to know about uh, open enrollment. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and on today's show, we're talking about health insurance, Medicare. And everything about the open enrollment season when it comes to your insurance policies. So uh, in future shows, we're going to be talking about open enrollment and how it pertains to other areas. But in regards to health insurance, uh, today we have guest uh, Mike Gatteri with Health Markets. He's a health insurance expert among other areas, disability, life insurance as well. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit about health markets itself. And then also more importantly, when you're advising clients, how are you compensated? Great question. Uh, so, yeah, in regards to health markets, they've been around for about 40 years. Uh, they are located in Dallas, Texas, and we are a brokerage that works with about 240 different insurance companies nationwide. Um, you know, we, we really focus on the on the educational model. Uh, we we want to make sure that our customers understand how the industry works, what their options are. And so we're definitely advisory by nature. Uh, and, you know, having that model of, of 240 different insurance companies to work from means that we always put our customers' needs first as opposed to what's best for us. And so the, the probably most commonly asked question that we get is, how are we compensated? Because uh, a customer never cuts us a check. So they, they always wonder, where's the money coming from? And so we are paid from the insurance companies, um, but that is in no way, shape, or form ever passed along to the customer. 
So should the customer enroll directly through the insurance company? Should the customer enroll directly through the marketplace? They are going to pay the exact same rate as they do working with us through health markets. Right. And that's why, from our perspective, have the advisor come into play. You're the expert. I can ask you the questions that I may think I know the answer to, but I know you know that you have to know the answer to, and you can give better guidance and then fit have a better fit for the type of insurance that's needed well, Especially yeah, for Medicare. Yeah, just just like you were saying a couple minutes ago, all the trainings and the certifications and the classes that we go through, you know, I, I want to stay an expert in my business. We don't do uh, homeowners. We don't do auto. We stay as an expert in just the health and life field. And so that allows us to make sure that we're on top of just that industry. And since you're not paying for our services, why wouldn't you use someone like us? Right. And that, from our perspective as a fee-only financial planner, our model is we're the generalists. So in this situation, we need someone with a, has questions on Medicare. We find an expert or a specialist like you to say, let's let's talk to a specialist to get the right kind of coverage for your needs. Um, so let's let's go a little bit into the open enrollment season for the employers, people who are covered through health insurance. How should they approach it? Because generally it's just here's your health insurance coverage – what options do they have? How should they approach it? What do you advise uh, clients to do in that scenario? So my, my biggest recommendation is always look at the plan that has the, the largest network of doctors and hospitals. Um, you know, Don't worry about so much if your current doctor is in network. Don't get me wrong. We want to keep our current doctors. But if something catastrophic happens, do you want access to the Cleveland Clinic? Do you want access to the Mayo Clinic? Do you want to be able to go to MD Anderson should you need a bone marrow transplant? And if you've got that small networked HMO that's going to require you to jump through hoops and get referrals and get prior authorizations, how is that going to work when you really need a quarter million dollar procedure? So don't look at it based on what the plans cost. I mean, don't get me wrong. It has to be affordable. But you really want to make sure that you're thinking about that catastrophic event, because if we knew we were never going to have a catastrophic event, you wouldn't buy insurance in the first place. Right. And so think of it from that standpoint. When something bad happens, what do I want to have as far as coverage? So I'm a big believer. Don't worry about the doctor office visit. Don't worry about the prescriptions. The, the co-pays will come and go, but that's not going to break you financially. Look at what's going to protect you the best in that catastrophic event, not just from a copay or deductible standpoint, but from an ease of care, an access of care, and being able to make sure you're going to be able to see the best doctors out there. Right. And and from a financial planning perspective, that's why we say have a cash reserve, right? And I have, I have many clients who cover their deductibles in a cash reserve or out-of-pocket expenses. The hardest is probably dealing with kids, Right. When you have kids, you don't know what's coming down. Or you do know what's coming down. Or you just don't know when and to what extent. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. as, as we've been in the, in the studio today talking about hockey, you know, they're, <laughs> they're going to get into accidents. They're, right. they're, they're, there's going to be that broken bone. There's going to be those stitches and, uh, you know, making sure that you're covered for those injuries and that sort of thing is, is definitely important. Yeah. OK. And then let's move to the unfortunate events. Uh, somebody gets laid off and they lose their job and they lose coverage. Do they have health insurance? Yes, they have health insurance, but they need to act immediately to see if that insurance is going to be best. So if you work for a company that has more than 20 employees, you will be offered COBRA. You will have 45 days to decide if you want or don't want to pay and, and, and start COBRA. But ultimately, COBRA is nothing more than the extension of your employer's plan with an administrative fee added on top of it. So and COBRA is, is oftentimes going to be your most expensive option. Now, if you're healthy, 
you haven't hit your deductible, you may very well be better off going outside of COBRA and getting your own plan. But if you've hit your deductibles for the year, if you've already maxed out your policy, you might be better off paying that extra amount for COBRA because why reset a deductible? Why go through a new plan? But at the, I guess my point is look at it and, and, and evaluate it and use that 45-day period knowing you only have 45 days. You, you, you better, better make sure that you take a quick look at it and talk to someone who knows what's going to be your best route before that 45-day window closes and you lose it. Yeah, and I, I, I fear that, and I think it's just the norm. I think that's how society is wired, that they take the easy route and just I'll just keep it versus doing the homework and, and digging in and finding out uh, what's the better or proper coverage in that scenario. So if the unfortunate event comes up and you lose your job, do, you, do some work with it. Figure out what's the best coverage for you, your family, or anyone else that's needed on it. Um, so if, if you basically, you said you have 60 days to enroll 45 days from your last day of employment. Okay. All right. 45 days from your last day of employment. Now the H- HR department should assist with the COBRA enrollment, correct? They should, but nine yeah. times out of 10, it, it's a letter that shows up on your doorstep on day 43. And it starts to confuse everybody because right. it's all the language that you're familiar with, but most people are not. Right. And okay. why, and not only that, but you know, think about if, if it, if the letter shows up 43 days in. And you want to get it started. Now you've got to pay for the back 43 days plus the new month's premium. So really, you're going to wind up paying twice for that first month. So to your point, and jump on it right away. Absolutely. Get, get on it. Okay. Um, anything else regarding COBRA that you can think of? Uh, well, just the fact that it lasts for 18 months. Uh, so, you know, it, oftentimes COBRA will expire in the middle of a year. You know, it, depending upon when it starts, it's going to be 18 months from then. And so if you are on COBRA, it's always a good idea to review it at, during open enrollment for the next year. You know, if, if we're, we're here in October of 2022 and you've got eight months worth of COBRA left, that's going to take you into June of next year. Well, you might want to come off in January during open enrollment for the Obamacare plans because... If you stay on COBRA through June of next year, well, then at that point, you have to get your own plan. And you're going to start a new deductible, and you're going to start a new policy. So, again, why not have that all start on January 1 so you can have a full calendar year worth of plans? So 45 days to start, but only 18 months worth of coverage total. So make sure you time that right uh, in, in regards to coming off of it. Great. And one of the one of the I think one of the best tools that's come into play in the finance and savings health insurance industry has been the health savings account, right? If you're, if you qualify with your health insurance for a health savings account, definitely enroll, try to save some money, try to accumulate some money. It's a triple tax benefit, tax deductible going in, comes out tax-free if used for qualified medical expenses and it grows tax-free. You can even invest that money long-term. Any uh, advice there on health, health savings account? I am shocked at how many people have an HSA eligible plan and don't open the HSA. Yeah. I have an HSA. I fully fund my HSA. But most importantly is I never spend the money in the HSA. Yep. I let it sit there just for retirement because I know what it's going to do for me when I turn 65. That's it. That's exactly it. So it'll be a great tool to help pay for medical expenses down the road. But we're coming up on another break. When we come back, we'll start talking about Medicare. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. 
on today's show, we're talking health insurance. But before we get back to that, uh, if you'd like to learn more about Managing to be Wealthy and John E. Sestina and company, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. Uh, if you're uh, listening to the podcast or on live radio, we do have podcasts on iTunes. Just type in manage, search Managing to be Wealthy. Please share it with your friends and family. So today's show, we're talking health insurance, Medicare. I tease a little bit. We're going to get into Medicare in a little bit. But before we go, I'm here with Mike Gatteri at Health Markets. Uh, Mike has been giving us good feedback on how to manage your health insurance policies. Uh, Mike, I forgot to bring up short-term health insurance. I think we teased, mentioned it a little bit, but what is short-term health insurance? Yeah, so short-term is, is intended to do exactly what it says. It's to cover you for a short period of time. Uh, now, in every state, that's different. Uh, here in the state of Ohio, a short-term plan, at least for 2022, has been defined as a 12-month period. Uh, so if you're in between jobs and you need a temporary situation, if you're graduating from college and you're losing your parents' coverage, a short-term plan might be a great fit for you, given a, a couple of restrictions. So a Very short, important restrictions. Very important <laughs> restrictions. So a short-term plan will not cover, and I want to emphasize, will not cover any kind of maternity. It will not cover contraception. It will not cover pre-existing conditions, and it will not cover preventative care, which then begs the question, what does it cover? Think of it like your auto insurance. Your auto insurance covers only what goes wrong with your car from the day you buy that plan going forward. doesn't cover anything that was wrong with your car beforehand. doesn't cover any kind of maintenance to your vehicle. A short-term medical plan will cover anything that goes wrong with you from the day you buy the plan going forward. So it won't cover anything that's in your medical conditions, won't cover anything that's considered elective or maintenance, but it will cover any kind of catastrophic event for the next 12-month period. So quite honestly, uh, we've had more and more people who may not qualify for government subsidies, may not have pre-existing conditions, may not have uh, you know the, the desire to expand their family, who are looking at these short-term plans as a substitute to yeah. Obamacare plans. They're blessed with good health and they take care of themselves and they're willing to, what's the risk on it then? Well, you just have to make sure you time it right. Uh, okay. Because if you get a 12 month plan and you get it in June and you have it until next June and you develop a condition that won't allow you to get a new 12 month plan, uh, you may not be able to switch to an Obamacare plan until open enrollment at that point. So typically when we help someone with a short term plan, we try to get them through that calendar year and then get them a new 12-month plan beginning January, January 1. That way their 12-month plan is always expiring at the time that we're talking about Obamacare. So it's anyway. based on the calendar 100%. Correct. Yeah. Okay, that's that's good news. So, again, it's not something for everybody, but for a small segment, it might be a very uh, – valued option and there's even times where we split families off you know let's say there you have you a family of four three of them are healthy you have one with pre-existing conditions well let's get those three people onto a short-term plan to get their rate as low as possible and then give the person with the medical condition an obamacare plan so they have that pre-existing condition coverage so that that's one of the things that we like to do is we look at the whole family and it doesn't necessarily mean the whole family has to be on the same coverage and oftentimes, different people in the family have different needs, and that means that they should be on different coverages. Okay, good. Uh, specialized insurance. You're a believer in specialized insurance, the you know classic AFLAC or cancer insurance. I, I'm a big believer of when the numbers make sense. Uh, I, I know that my number one asset is my ability to earn an income. And, and should I not be able to earn an income, uh, you know, I still need my health insurance. I still need to put food on the table. I still need to pay for the mortgage. And if I don't have enough cash reserves built up, uh, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. 
And so certainly uh, the, the Aflac style, supplemental style benefits are, are a great fit for people uh, who need to replace that income, don't have a cash reserve or don't want to tap into that cash reserve if something happens. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of products out there that are just not priced right. Uh, you know, if you're going to pay $1,000 a month for a $5,000 benefit, you know, you, you need to use that benefit quite regularly for it to pay off. Uh, but there are certain products out there that are $15, $20 a month that will pay you $10,000 if you get into an accident. Mm-hmm. And at that point, if you use the plan once every 30 years, you get more out of it than you put into it. So, yeah, we always look at things from a from a number standpoint. And, and I always say, if you could buy a dollar for 75 cents... How many dollars would you buy? Right. So if the numbers work out, you know, it's, you definitely want to think about if it's something that's going to protect you and, and having that financial assurance to be able to pay for your insurance, pay for your mortgage, pay for the utilities is very, very important. And, and that might be a good fit for somebody who has risky hobbies, rock climbing, or we, we joke ice hockey. We, pl- we play ice hockey, right? Absolutely. There, when something goes wrong, it's usually not, not nice, right? It's, it's, it's a pretty severe injury. We have definitely seen some injuries yes. out there. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you're, a lot of times you're not going back to work the next day. Right. So, so just take that uh, food for thought for the listeners out there. All right. So I, I want to make sure we spend ample time on Medicare. Let's go to switch to Medicare. Uh, when somebody turns 65... If they are not employed, they have to enroll in Medicare versus somebody who is still employed. They do not, correct? Is that correct statement? Well, yes, for the most part. You you don't have to enroll in Medicare, but the government's going to automatically enroll you in Medicare unless you tell them otherwise. Okay. Um, But yes, when you turn age 65, um, you're going to go down one of two paths. You're either going to stay on your employer plan or you're going to go to Medicare through A and B. Um, Typically, the automatic trigger there is going to be if you're drawing Social Security. Because the government says if you're drawing Social Security, they know you're not working full time, so they automatically enroll you in A and B. If you're not drawing Social Security, they're not sure if you're working full time or not, so they don't automatically enroll you in A and B. So how does one enroll though? Do they log into the SocialSecurity.gov, SSA.gov, yep. and so that's all done there? Couple, couple different ways they can do that. Yeah, if, if they're tech savvy, the easiest way is Medicare.gov. Medicare.gov. Uh, Medicare.gov. Okay. Uh, because when you scroll down to the bottom of the Medicare.gov screen, there's a big button that says enroll in Medicare. Um, there's certainly plenty of people who are not comfortable doing that online or maybe just don't trust the Internet. And, and so your second option is to call in to 1-800-MEDICARE. Uh, and they will enroll you over the phone. The, the problem is when you call in, you have to set up an appointment, and oftentimes those appointments are two to three months after when you call in. Okay. So you definitely want to make sure you're ahead of the curve if you're going to do it over the phone. Okay, so where I get confused is the word enrolling, because if you're age 65, you have to enroll, but you opt out of buying Medicare, paying for Medicare, correct? So you automatically get A. Okay. And and, and, and Ultimately, you, you've paid for it. So I never say the word free. Yeah. But Medicare Part A has no monthly charge because of the fact that you've paid into it through your wages your whole life. Okay. So, yeah, you really don't have to do anything in regards to opting into A. But Medicare Part B, there is a monthly fee for it. And, and for the new year, for 2023, they just announced it this week, the Medicare Part B premium is going to be $226 a month if you earn a standard income. Um, but because of the fact the government is charging that directly to you, they want to make sure that it's something that you want. So, yes, you have to opt into Medicare Part B unless, of course, you're drawing Social Security. Okay. And and we've, talked, we've always been talking a lot about inflation here on the show over the last uh, few years. 
Uh, the average inflationary number for Medicare, I think, for the last 20 years has averaged over 5% per year. So when people are budgeting, always factor in a high, heavier inflationary amount. Um, so that's one food for thought out there for the consumers. Uh, aside from A and B, what are the other options for Medicare? So next is Medicare C, which is what's referred to as Medicare Advantage plans, which is basically the privatization of Medicare. So if you want to get your Medicare through an insurance company instead of the government, that would be Part C. And then Medicare Part D is going to be your prescription drug coverage. Okay. D for drugs, that's the easiest one to remember. Uh, anything else? Uh in the Medicare world? Well, then you got Medicare supplements. Okay. So if you decide to go with A and B and you, you want more enhanced coverage than just the 20% that Medicare is going to cover, you can get a supplement to do exactly what it says and fill in those gaps to supplement the And that's the rest of specific to the needs of the individual? Correct. Okay, great. And that's where and someone like you could help guide them. Absolutely. So this is really good information. Well, we're coming up here on another break. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. <laughs> You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. On today's show, we have guest Mike Gatteri with Health Markets. We've been discussing health insurance, Medicare, all the fun things that most of us don't like to deal with. And that's why we have someone like Mike as our specialist. Um, all right, Mike, you've been doing this for 20 years. So now I'm going to ask your opinion and it's strictly your opinion. <laughs> Are you ready for the hot seat? Absolutely. Bring all it. Right. When in the world of the affordable care act, if you could change one thing in your opinion only, what would that be? So industry wide, I think the biggest issue with healthcare is no one cares what it costs. You go get tires, you know what those tires are costing before you buy them. You go and get dinner, you know what it's cost before you buy them. You go to your doctor, you have no clue, nor do you care, because someone else is paying it. I 100% believe that if every doctor had to publish a list and every insurance company paid off of that list, you'd see healthcare costs drop by 20 to 30% overnight. Because when the doctor down the street's charging half of what your doctor is, you're going to think twice before you go to him if you had to pay more out of pocket for his extra charge. And immediately you would have supply and demand dictate mm -hmm. the market as opposed to what these insurance companies pay. So I, I would love to see that happen. And I think that could dramatically change this industry immediately. And the consumers, right? Again, if it's more transparency on the costs, right? right. And we're more savvy. And what's crazy is you see it in other places. Mm -hmm. Plastic surgery isn't covered by insurance. <laughs> and so believe go. it or not, right. with point. all the evolution in technology, plastic surgery costs less today than it did 10 years ago because people shop it around. You were talking earlier about LASIK. When someone gets LASIK, they shop to make sure that they're not just paying too much. And those costs have come down. If we did the same thing in the health insurance space, costs would follow. Amen. I like that. How do we change it? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Got to get someone in, talking to those insurance right. companies because they're really driving all this. All right. Good. Uh, all right. Same question applying to Medicare. What was What's the one thing you would change in Medicare? So hopefully, and I want to stress the word hopefully, that, that this is happening with the Inflation, Reduc or Inflation Reduction Act, but the donut hole has to go away. 
Uh, I, I That's mean, bizarre. It, it really is. Yeah. So you, you have coverage, then you don't have coverage, then you have coverage again. And, you know, to, to expect people who are in their 80s and 90s, and it, it, it just, it, it's such a bad way to go about things. And I'll be honest, the number one complaint that I get is all of a sudden my scripts went up and I don't know why. And they'll call me and say, Mike, this insurance stinks. And I'll say, no, 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 it's not the insurance that stinks. It's the government that put this in place that that really did this. So, yes, hopefully with the Inflation Reduction Act in 2025, the donut hole's going away. But we've also been hearing that a couple different times. But, yeah, that that needs to change. Yeah, and to explain the donut hole, you you pay – you're you're not you're covered for the first section. Correct. Then once you hit a certain limit, you're responsible for the next phase of costs. And then once you fill that bucket, you you back to getting uh, your yeah. full fully covered. So, there. so you, you can pay four different amounts for the same prescription in the same year, depending upon which <laughs> phase of coverage you're in. Yeah, sounds logical. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> um, now I'm really confused on what where to go next. Well, let's talk about your calendar um, because people who work with you, the window is really tight here, and it's 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 really not fair. Uh, to the industry, to the consumer, yeah. they've got a lot of decisions to make. You're trying to provide service to hundreds, if not thousands of people. Let's talk about that. Well, so the first thing I'll say is if, if any of my current customers are listening, please please book your appointment now. <laughs> there you go. Each, each day that goes by, that window gets tighter and tighter. And if you're not a current customer and you'd like to be a current customer, get on our books now. Because, you know, here we are, the, the very beginning of October, we only have until December 7 to get everyone in. You know, if you, if you come to me on December 8 and you say, Mike, I need to make a plan change, you physically can't do it. It's, and we it, have the Thanksgiving holiday, right? Exactly. That's four days you lose there, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I lose one. I right. work every other day. But, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, it, it, it's not like your taxes where you can file an extension. December 7 is the day. So you have to make sure that you get in and you get your plan picked and enrolled, and it's in the insurance company's hands by that day subsequently obamacare is the exact same but that's from november 1 through december 15 so you only have 45 days to pick a plan enroll in a plan and make sure that everything is squared away with that so please 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 make sure that you are on the front side of these dates if you truly want to you know get someone who is is knowledgeable because anyone who's been in the industry for any amount of time as you get later and later to open enrollment, you're just slammed, and yeah. and you you almost have to turn people away, and we we never want to do that. Right, and the, and the hard part again is the consumer, they they've got a lot of decisions to make, and I don't hate using the word wishy washy, but right, you got to go, it's got to happen, you got to make the decision, and that's the hard part. So time time is of the essence. Um, anything else in regards to dates, open enrollment, or anything like that? Well, yeah. So, so one thing that has happened over the last two years, uh, specifically into Obamacare, is that there is now this window from no, uh, from I'm sorry, from December fifteenth to January fifteenth, which they're calling an extension of open enrollment. Very misleading. Very much a misnomer. Uh, and the reason why I say that is December sixteenth, you can still pick a plan, but it's not going to take effect until February. Okay. So when you when you see those commercials for healthcare.gov and they're going to say that open enrollment is from November 1 through January 15, understand that anything after December 15 goes into effect for February. So you 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 still want to look at that December 15th as your hard date if you want a January 1 effective date. Okay, that's good stuff. How about um the any 
commercials on TV that may be in effect. <laughs> I have to go there. Well, uh, certain let, certain duo that we see let, on there in the let's morning, just mid mornings around ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> the the industry has actually made a huge change over two people. You know, uh, a nineteen seventies athlete who liked to wear fur coats and a nineteen seventies <laughs> comedian who thought things were dynamite. Um, they, th- those two gentlemen have been pitching products that uh, were open to a very, very small segment of the population. Um, but nonetheless, it created a lot of buzz, and a lot of people called in only to find out that they weren't eligible. And the buzz was what? To- th- that they were going to be given money back into their Social Security right. checks. Yeah. And while 99% of Americans were not eligible for it, it got people to call into this call center where telemarketers would then switch them on to a different plan that wasn't in the person's best interest, but was in the salesperson's best interest. And so luckily the government caught wind of this and they are making significant changes this year to where every phone call has to be recorded. And they want to make sure that, you know, people are going about things the appropriate way on the enrollment end, because there, there has been a lot of bait and switch out there from these misleading ads. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that, I guess, is good news uh, responding to that. Uh, lastly here, um, health insurance in general, it's state-regulated, correct? Yes. So it's based on your state. So someone like yourself, you advise strictly for the state of Ohio? Uh, I'm licensed in a couple different states. Um, certainly, I can't know 50 states' uh, markets, um, so I would never carry 50 states. But I, I do have a handful of states that I am licensed in. Uh, Health Markets, as an organization, is licensed in all 50 states. So uh, I, I get customers all the time who call me and say, you know, can you help in Nevada? Well, yeah. No, I can't. But after 21 years with the company, I know someone in Nevada. So I will gladly hand you off to someone who's an expert out there, hopefully doing radio shows with an expert out there mm-hmm. um, who, you know, can help them out. So, uh, yeah, we, we always have a resource for them. And whether it's us or someone else, we will definitely find the right plan. How extreme are state to state? Is it pretty dramatic or? It's very dramatic. Really? Uh, you know, th- th- there are some states where we really don't want to do business because it is just so complicated and complex. And as to where other states, you know, you, you, you tell them you've got a pulse and they'll make you an advisor overnight. Okay. So how do the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, 30 seconds. Great here. question. Yeah. Uh, best way to reach me is, is online, uh, healthmarketscolumbus.com, uh, or they can simply give us a call, 614-749-9898, and uh, that will ring directly to me, and uh, we'll answer all the questions you have. You know, certainly want to know about your situation, your doctors, your meds, and we'll get you on the right policy. Well, thanks, Mike Terry, for joining us today. Thanks to all the listeners out there. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.